Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's Ohio's tax-free weekend. The idea is to help families shopping for back to school. But if you're not careful, it may cost you more than you save, we'll explain. Also this morning, why having a baby isn't always as simple as having a baby. A new report from the March of Dimes offers a troubling look at the lack of adequate prenatal and maternity care in large sections of the country, including right here at home. And breakfast isn't just for breakfast anymore. We have another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, August 4th, 2023. This is exactly what you want to hear first thing in the morning, right? The uh, first thing that you want to hear when you roll out of bed, get ready to go to work for another day in the daily grind. A study from the University of Zurich finds that one in five workers believe that they never or rarely do any useful work. One in five, 19% of the respondents in this survey believe that uh, their work does not give them uh, the feeling of making any kind of positive impact. (laughs) That's very cheery, isn't it? Uh, Workers in finance, sales, and management are more likely to see their jobs as useless to society. And so it's uh, nearly 2,000 respondents in 21 different jobs were surveyed. Office assistants and managers were the most likely to say that their jobs are pointless. <laughs> now, I thought it was interesting, the results, but more than that, when you dig in a little bit deeper to the psychology of this, one explanation is called the BS jobs theory. It suggests that certain jobs are objectively useless, and such positions tend to occur more frequently across certain occupations and certain fields than others. However, uh, an American anthropologist by the name of David Graeber says it really depends on various factors that do not necessarily have anything to do with the actual usefulness Of the work that you do. For example, uh, people may view their work as being useless because unfavorable working conditions make it seem pointless. And it's not actually useless, it just seems pointless because it's not a great place to work. So I thought that was uh, kind of interesting uh, in this this survey. But uh, if you fall into that category, 19% or roughly one in five people, uh, Friday is your day where you can say, finally, I can, <laughs> I can uh, end this pointless job and have a, uh, have a weekend to myself. But I don't know, that is really interesting, though. It's, the uh, psychology behind it, too, uh, is very interesting. Speaking of uh, jobs, if you're looking for a new job, I, I'm not sure if this is any less pointless but it would certainly be a whole lot of fun if you are looking for a new job. The pizza ordering app, Slice. It's a, it's like DoorDash, but specifically for pizza. You know, order pizza on this uh, on this app. It's called Slice, and the uh, company behind this 
uh, pizza ordering platform is hiring a pizza influencer. The job entails creating TikTok videos and Instagram reels and other online content that celebrates pizza, pizzeria owners, and pizza eaters alike, it says here. Uh, that's your that would be your job to create content uh, for social media platform and so on all pizza related other job perks include flexible time off health insurance and a $25 a week pizza stipend the ideal candidate would be based in New York because that's where the company is but slice is accepting applicants from all over the country and by the way the salary for this pizza influencer position is up to $110,000 a year. That's, (laughs) wow. That's, I had no idea that a uh, pizza influencer would be so doggone valuable, a career move. But again, not any less pointless, but a whole lot more fun, you know? I mean... Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories uh, to start your day. The first things you need to know this morning. We are constantly, even now, three years after the fact, learning more about COVID-19. A new study suggests that healthcare workers who engage in nose picking may be at a higher risk of contracting COVID. <laughs> now, this is breaking news. Uh, Dutch researchers uh, conducted a survey uh, with 219 participants, 17% of those admitted to nose-picking and tested positive for COVID, compared to only 6% of those who refrained from that particular habit. Men and younger individuals were more likely to admit to nose-picking The study found that doctors were the most frequent nose pickers, followed by support staff and nurses. Uh, So, (laughs) if you are a nose picker, you're more likely to contract COVID-19. Interestingly, uh, nail biters did not increase the risk of uh, contracting COVID, uh, possibly due to the protective effects of saliva, which acts as a barrier. However... It says uh, nose picking could be problematic as the <laughs> as the virus can directly enter the body through the nasal cavity, potentially contaminating the work environment and facilitating further transmission. So <laughs> if we only knew, you know, the, if we only knew this a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have had to, you know, stay home and wear our masks and send the kids home from schools. Just don't pick your nose. That's, just don't pick your nose. That's all we needed to know. Um, By the way, uh, it is back to school time. We mentioned uh, this is a tax-free weekend. If you are shopping for back to school, uh, tax-free weekend beginning today and running through Sunday in the state of Ohio. And this is kind of an interesting back-to-school story that I saw here in the uh, Newswire. Have you ever made a mistake while getting your kid ready for school. 51% of parents in a new survey, 51% of parents admit that they have forgotten to pack a lunch for their child. Um, And I have to say, 
I've done that. I think every parent has done that at, at one point or another, forgot to pack the lunch for the for the little one. Uh, we did it when, when our kids were really young and you got to pack a lunch quickly uh, in the morning. My, my parents did that when we were young. I think it's just a rite of passage for parents. You have to. Um, other common mistakes include dressing a child in mismatched outfits. So <laughs> for those who still uh, dress their kid. Uh, and it's not just you, parents. This may make you feel a little bit better. Teachers also feel the pressure. Half of all teachers in this survey said that they cut sleep and skip meals during busy back-to-school days. And at the end of the school day, the craziness doesn't end. At the end of the school day, parents say they have one hour and 16 minutes to themselves. And teachers get about one hour and 12 minutes of me time. So interesting uh, numbers uh, for back to school. But we're not quite to back to school yet. There's still a little bit of summertime left. If you still have a getaway with your family planned, maybe you're traveling a little bit at the tail end of summer, um, this is something to keep in mind when you are out into the great outdoors on vacation with your family. Um Despite what you see on those really cute online videos on Facebook and TikTok and all of those, otters are not the sweet and docile creatures that you often see on the otters. They're very, they're very cute. And so they're very popular in these online videos. But three women in Montana are recovering after an otter attack in that state. Uh the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks says the uh, trio was floating on inner tubes down the Jefferson River this week when at least one of the animals attacked. Uh, one of the women actually had to be life-flighted to the hospital. A uh, spokesperson for the uh, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Agency told local news reporters it's important to give otters space in the wild. Uh, now, if they attack you, you should fight back and get out of the water as quickly as possible. But they are not the cute little docile creatures that they are made out to be in some of those uh, online videos. Don't approach the otters. Yeah. Word of warning there. And uh, speaking of wildlife, if you happen to be traveling to Florida sometime soon, be advised that it is manatee mating season. And the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office has put out an advisory to concerned beachgoers saying, please do not call 911 or animal control or anything like that regarding the herds of manatees that appear <laughs> as though they are in distress or that they're fighting or something like that. Um, the sheriff's office says, don't call us. We can assure you they are more than fine. Manatees actually mate in herds. <laughs> so they like group sex. Uh, manatees mate in herds and often near the shore. Mating manatees do sometimes appear to be in distress as they splash around, but they are just fine. It is advised not to touch a manatee or try to push them out into deeper water as they may accidentally roll on top of you and a manatee can weigh as much as 3,500 pounds. So leave them alone. They're just fine. They're just getting busy with it. 
<laughs> Something to keep in mind uh, next time you travel to uh, Florida. I'm here to help. I'm here to, you know, make sure that you are up to speed with all of the important stuff this morning. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected today with a high in the mid-80s, partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-60s. The Finley Police Department put officers through active shooter drills at the high school ahead of the new school year beginning. Lieutenant Welch says officers are trained to enter the school immediately and draw the attention of the shooter. Essentially, you want to be the focus of the shooter at that point. If you can become the focus, that means he's not focused on hurting anybody within the school. Our safety becomes second to those that are within the school because we are prepared, we have trained, and we understand what we need to do to to make that happen. We've all taken the oath that this is what we're going to do. We were able to get a behind-the-scenes look at that active shooter training, and you can see that video with the story on our website. The City of Finley has a Wags and Walks event coming up on Thursday, October 5th. The upcoming event, which is part of the Move with the Mayor campaign, will allow people to get outside and get active and possibly make a connection with a shelter dog. Dogs from the Humane Society and SPCA of Hancock County who are longing for their forever home will be part of the Wags and Walks event, which will be held at Emory Adams Park. Get more details in the story on our website. Akron-based First Energy says it's being investigated by the state in connection with payments to Ohio's former House Speaker and a top utility regulator. Cleveland.com reports that First Energy said in a financial report filed this week that it received a subpoena in June from the Ohio Organized Crime Investigations Commission, which is part of the state attorney general's office. The payments were the focus of a bribery scandal that landed former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder and former Ohio Republican Party Chairman Matt Borges in prison. Dave James, ONN News. Residents and landowners of Hancock County will have a chance to participate in the Hancock Park District's Hunting with Permission Lottery Program. This year's lottery will be posted on the Hancock Park District's Facebook page on Tuesday, September 12th. The season for hunting at Litzenberg Memorial Woods will run from November 1st through January 31st of next year. Additional information about the Hunting with Permission Lottery Program can be found on the Hancock Park District website, which we have a link to in this story on our website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, Ohio's tax-free weekend is now underway. It was made permanent by the state legislature a few years ago in the run-up to -to back-to-school in order to save families a little money on the things that kids need. And a new CNET Money report finds that 85% of families are feeling the impact of higher prices. But if you're not careful, the tax-free weekend could actually cost you more than what you will save. CNET Money Senior Editor Nick Wolney joins us this morning. Certainly not a surprise that rising costs are squeezing families here. Well, it really confirms a lot of what consumers have been experiencing over the last year, which is that goods are getting more expensive. Our uh, our survey found that 43% of back-to-school shoppers are going to finance purchases in some way. Um, some will use an existing credit card. Some will use a new credit card. Some are actually going to lean on Buy Now, Pay Later, that uh, fairly new payment option that is on your apps and on your phone in order to pay for school supplies. One of the reasons that it's really concerning is that credit card rates across the board have gone up. Right. Um, this is in response to the Federal Reserve hiking rates. Basically, whenever the Fed hikes rates, 
the rate goes up on consumer products like credit cards too. So you might want to look at your credit card interest rate. The average interest rate now is over 22% across America. Uh, and so we want to make people aware of if they're going to use a credit card to finance back to school purchases, that you pay down that balance as quickly as you can because it is more expensive than it was a year ago. Well, certainly, yeah, at those rates, interest charges would more than offset any sales tax savings and you don't want to end up losing money here. That's why we say if you're not careful, it could cost you more than what you will save. And again, from the survey, you find four in five families are going to take advantage of some money-saving strategy from the tax-free weekend to utilizing coupons, whatever it might happen to be. The point is that nearly everyone is trying to cut the cost. Yeah, tax-free weekend is a great opportunity to get ahead on your school supply shopping. Um, for Ohio, it's up to $20 per school supply and then up to $75 per article of clothing. Uh, and this applies to both back-to-school shoppers and non-back-to-school shoppers. Uh, it's already adjusted at your favorite big box retailers. So even if you're, you want to do a little shopping for yourself as well, um, this would definitely be the weekend to do it. And that's going to be a great way to just help lower those costs. Something else that you might want to consider, what we know from data is that more people are shopping online for their back-to-school shopping. And so if you plan to do that, then you might want to look at installing one of these free browser extensions, one of these coupon extensions on your browser. What the coupon extension can do is, uh, let's say you're looking at a backpack on Amazon.com. The coupon extension will let you know if that same backpack is available for 5 or $10 less on another website. Um, it just tracks the, the barcode of that particular product. Uh, but you know, when you're shopping for multiple school supplies or perhaps for multiple children, you know, five to 10 bucks here and there, that can really start to add up. Yeah. So that's something uh, financial experts recommend. You know, if you plan to shop online, then that might be something that you want to install now and learn your way around now. And almost all of them are free. Now, and this is important. One big thing that is not included in the tax-free weekend is computers. And since most kids need a computer for school these days, there is the option of buying a refurbished device. That can be half the cost of a new one or even less. And since this is kind of CNET's bread and butter category, what are the advantages and pitfalls of buying a refurbished computer if folks have been looking at that? Yeah, I mean, in addition to obviously the savings, another great thing about refurbished electronics is that they're more environmentally friendly, right? It's one less computer being thrown into the landfill. Right. When you're shopping for a refurbished electronic, uh, there's some language that you want to make sure you look out for. You want to look for a device that is certified refurbished or refurbished uh, or factory certified would be another, another good example. Um, when possible, look for the original company. So if you're going to buy an Apple computer and you want to buy a used Apple computer, the best brand to buy that from is Apple. Uh, and that's because there will be different tests that these companies do on their own refurbished products. Mm. There's just a better chance that it has the right parts. Um, another good thing to look for when you're shopping for a refurbished product is if there is a warranty. Uh, this is different than uh, and like an open box discount. If there's a warranty on a refurbished product, it really means that that business is, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is, that, that this product is going to last a long time for you. And so uh, that might be something to take into consideration. Yeah, it may cost a little extra in, in order to have that warranty, but 
you don't want to try to save a few bucks and then get your new laptop and it poops out on you uh, a month after you've bought it, right? So, so look for that language when you're shopping for refurbished electronics, and that is going to ensure you buy something that's actually going to be worth your money and that's going to last for years to come. Uh, anything else that uh, folks may want to keep in mind, uh, again, where they're trying to cut down the cost of sending the kids back to school? You know, I know there's a lot of interest with buy now, pay later. It is awfully convenient. You know, we are a, a far cry away from when I was a little kid and my mom would be doing layaway at JCPenney, yeah. yeah. you know, and pulling out her checkbook and stuff like that. Like two taps and you're on layaway. That's buy now, pay later in a nutshell. So even though those short-term loans, uh, they don't have any interest, um, they have fees if you miss a payment. Um, and even if those payments are scheduled, you know, you want to make sure that the, your credit card doesn't expire, your debit card, whatever that is. Uh, so just keep that in mind. I'd also recommend going into this weekend, just take five or 10 minutes and put together a plan. What's your shopping list? What are the things that you want to get? Um, often in back-to-school shopping season, because of the tax-free weekend, people can start to go overboard. Make a plan for about how much you're going to spend and then also how you're going to pay that off. Especially that way, you're not going into the holiday shopping season later this year already in debt or already carrying some of this school supply debt. Make a plan uh, and you'll be set up for success. Also, uh, maybe a good idea to sort of prioritize what you have to have right now, what the kids have to have immediately, and what maybe can wait. Uh, Again, even if you miss the tax free weekend, if uh, it means you don't have to put it on your credit card and carry a balance and pay interest on it, maybe wait on some of those back-to-school clothes. Get some of the basics and then uh, kind of add to that uh, as you go just to make it a little more, more manageable. Not everything has to be purchased right now. Completely agree. If you're shopping in person, you know, uh, this, this is a big shopping weekend for big box retailers. The salespeople are going to be out. The free samples are going to be out. <laughs> the, you know, the DJ is going to be in the store. All these <laughs> things. It's going to be an exciting, exciting energy, a very shopping energy. Um, so if you're someone who tends to kind of get swept up in that, I know I am sometimes, again, just having that plan, it's going to help you ensure that anything that you buy this month, you're not still carrying that on cards yeah. when you get to the holiday season. Again, uh, Nick Wolney is a senior editor of CNET Money, and uh, you've got more information about the survey, more tips and advice for folks on your website, right? That's correct. Yep. We published this uh, earlier this week. Uh, so you can check everything out at CNET.com. Nick, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You know, I think for the most part, most of us assume that having a baby, unless there is some sort of exceptional circumstance, is pretty much a routine medical event. We don't really give it a second thought, really. But a new report from the March of Dimes shows that maternal health in this country is on the decline. And joining us to discuss is Dr. Elizabeth Chereau, President CEO of the March of Dimes. So how concerning is this? I mean, is it a case where other countries have improved slightly enough uh, to bump us down a spot or two? Uh, Are we into third world kind of numbers here? I mean, kind of put this into perspective for us. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. Uh, March of Dimes has been talking about this for, you know, this has been our, our big focus is about um, outcomes for moms and babies. And yes, we are really heading in the wrong direction. And as industrial nations go, we are one of the worst 
uh, for maternal death and, and morbidity as well as mortality. Uh, and really, if you're black or brown in this country, you're three to four times more likely to die. So we are really in the wrong direction. And then when you start looking at what we just produced in the Maternity Care Desert Report, you're looking at decline in birthing you know, hospitals. So as a 4% decrease just in the last year. So we are trying to sound the alarm uh, in the United States that others are doing it much better than we are. And we we really need to focus here. So the obvious question is why? And you were touching on, I I think, part of that uh, just a moment ago, but why is maternal health declining? So we we really think it's a, a crisis of access, which is why our report is really about just that, and that geography matters, and where you live matters for your outcomes. And our maternity care desert report shows that 5.6 million women live in counties that have no or limited access. Uh, and we, if we don't focus on this or at least raise the alarm, we're going to continue to go in the wrong direction. That's what you mean when you say a maternity care desert where there just aren't the services available. It's not that the that the services that we have in this country are substandard. It's just that they're not there in many cases uh, for yeah. many parts of the country. Yeah, Chris, so when you think of maternity care desert, the definition of that is a county uh, where there is no place to deliver, so that could be in a hospital or a birthing center or provider uh, of obstetrical services. So that that's the definition of it, and we've been tracking this since 2018. There have been a 70 additional counties uh, that were not deserts in 2018, and so we're talking about 1,129 deserts. That's 30% of our counties across the U.S. There aren't places to deliver. So again, uh, the question becomes, why? Why is that? Why are we moving in the wrong direction in terms of seeing more of these maternity care deserts, as you refer to them? Um, And um, my guess is that there are a variety of reasons for this. Yeah, there are. That's exactly right. And so it gets at, you know, root cause and trying to figure out solutions. But when when you start to look at maternity care deserts, um, it's, it's about access to care. Uh, and so hospitals are closing, uh, maternity care desert, you know, are happening because these birthing centers are closing or maternity wards. And specifically, that could be because of low volume, nursing uh, shortages, provider shortages. Then you start getting to the economics of it a little bit and right. you start saying, okay, you know, these reimbursement is not right in hospitals, right? Malpractice is high. So, you know, we're, we aren't serving our women well. And then our report sort of dives into chronic health conditions that are in, you know, these maternity care deserts and that women have. And we know that with chronic health conditions, you increase your preterm birth rate um, considerably. And specifically in Ohio, there's 14.8% of counties are defined as maternity care deserts. And then mm. women with chronic health conditions have a 63% increased likelihood of preterm birth. Preterm birth. It, you know, premature infant affects mom, baby, the whole family, and moms are really the entrance to the healthcare system. We can do better. We can do better as a county. Uh, at the county level, as well as the state level and across the United States. Yeah, some of those numbers specifically related to Ohio will probably come as a shock uh, to folks. And, you know, to be fair uh, and to be uh, in the interest of completeness, a lot of these uh, issues that you're talking about uh, really impact more than just maternal care, just health care in general. But you can use this data to 
uh, further address all of the drivers of health issues in this country uh, as it relates to maternal health uh, outcomes. I mean, it's it's all pieces of the same puzzle. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, women make most of moms make most of the decisions for families. So I think it's somewhere around 60, 70% of all health decisions, right, for that family. So you're talking about the health of an entire family. That's the health of the nation. So, and if we're not adequately addressing maternal health, that's, that really shows you the health of the nation, um, which the United States is in the wrong direction. And, and when you take the step back and really look at miles to drive, whether you're looking at chronic health conditions, social determinants, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. There's yeah. a lot of layers of this onion to peel back. Yeah. Um, and this is the beginning of that. Uh, so we've done a real good job of identifying the issue and, and why this is a, an issue. And again, your report has a lot uh, of detail into what the issue is. How then can we prevent these uh, gaps in care or potential gaps in care uh, and gaps in coverage for moms and babies? Yeah, it's a great question. I would tell you that things that to solve this are things that Marsha Dimes has been doing for a really long time, and it's a lot about it of it is education. We do a lot of advocacy. We do a lot of programming. So programs like mobile health, we actually bring, and we have some in Ohio, where we bring um, you know care to the patients where they are. We also do things, and again, that's just that access to care. We know that women are three to four times more likely to die if they don't get prenatal care. Uh, so if we can get them prenatal care, we know we'll have better outcomes. So we've been doing that program. We also uh, really advocate for doulas, so community people who help support moms before they deliver, during delivery, and after. We advocate for the Momnibus Act. That's really extending uh, postpartum care. We know women don't recover from maternal, right, and four to six weeks after you deliver, that we really need that providing care for a full year afterwards. So that's the Momnibus Act. And it, every state, it's different. Not every state has passed that act. Uh, and so those, those are just some of the things that we're doing. Uh, and there's tons more on our website to be able to dive into. Uh, a lot of what you just mentioned uh, speaks to long-term fixes in the short term, in the near term. Uh, it, it really emphasizes the importance of women taking control and taking charge of their own health care to overcome those challenges that are not going away overnight. Yeah, the bur- and the burden shouldn't just be on the mom, right? We need to support them with multi- multiple things so that um, outcomes improve, uh, that driving, you know, long distances to be able to get care it isn't, right, with, with another baby in, your, you know, in the car, whole family having yeah. to travel. We've got to be able to figure that out um, and support them. And other places have. Other countries have figured it out. Again, Dr. Elizabeth Chereau is president and CEO of the March of Dimes. Very eye-opening report on the maternity care deserts that exist, uh, not just elsewhere in the country, but as you were referring to, even here in our own state. It will uh, come as a bit of a shock, a bit of an eye-opener, as we said. Where do we get more information on all of this? Yeah, marchofdimes.org backslash MCDR, the Maternity Care Desert Report is what those initials are. So again, marchofdimes.org backslash MCDR. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. 
In Boston, a uh, city cop uh, has become something of a a viral celebrity uh, online for a video where he can be seen catapulting off of a playground slide. Um, this is this is the story. Uh, they apparently renovated a playground at one of the uh, parks in Boston, and um, the uniformed officer can be seen going down the slide and... Apparently he didn't it didn't go well. He ended up falling off, kind of catapulting off the <laughs> off the slide cuz it's a kid's slide. He's a full-grown man, uniformed police officer going down the slide to this uh, renovated uh, newly renovated playground. Um he required it says here minor medical treatment but did not did not miss any work. Uh here's the reason one of the reasons why this is going viral because there are actually posted signs warning that adults were not allowed to use the playground equipment. No adults on the slide. And he was on the slide anyway. He's a cop! He's a cop. Um, but anyway, he was only minor uh, minor injuries, did not miss <laughs> any work, and Boston police say he is not facing any disciplinary action. Despite the posted notices <laughs> that adults were not to use the slide, he's not going to face any disciplinary action so. <laughs> oh now you know why they post the sign saying don't do that right. uh in california a mail carrier uh with the sacramento uh main post office uh, has been sentenced to nearly a half a year behind bars for stealing packages with marijuana inside <laughs> The U.S. Department of Justice says the woman stole 18 packages she was supposed to deliver as part of her job. She stole them with the intention to sell them herself. Uh, Swiped the packages between October of 2018 and February of 2019. The woman confessed to stealing the mail and had to forfeit $125,000 in cash that was found in her home after she sold the uh, marijuana items herself <laughs> file that under the category of seemed like a good idea at the time that's a federal crime i mean you don't mess around with the mail mess around um saw this story on the uh, newswire the international file the city of berlin germany apparently was under attack the other day or reportedly was under attack by a uh, by a pair of lions the city was uh, under attack, a pair of lions. As it turns out, though, uh, it was all a false alarm. The dangerous predators turned out to be a couple of stuffed toys. <laughs> Just a couple of stuffed animals that uh, apparently were very realistic looking and caused a panic. This is actually the second time in the past few days that folks in Berlin, Berliners, got all worked up over something that turned out to be completely harmless. Um, they mistook a lioness for a wild boar, and now a stuffed lion caused panic. Uh, authorities seem to have a good sense of humor about the whole thing, tweeting, This time there is no doubt it is not a wild boar. It's not a lion either. It's just a stuffed animal with the hashtag false alarm. 
They seem to be very on edge in Berlin. They're very nervous there. I don't know what's going on. Uh, back to this side of the pond. Uh, back to California. Um, Mark Anthony Gonzalez uh, was arrested uh, in Nevada. He's from California, but he was arrested in Nevada on Monday for allegedly sneaking into women's condominiums to touch their feet. <laughs> you, heard, you heard that right. Uh, officers claim Mr. Gonzalez stu- uh, snuck into two resort condos over the 4th of July weekend in Nevada and rubbed the feet of two women while they were sleeping. <laughs> he didn't take anything. He just broke into the condos to rub their feet. By the way, Mr. Gonzalez, also a suspect in a pair of crimes in California in which women's shoes were stolen. So, he has stolen before. (laughs) His women's shoes. Mr. Gonzalez being held on $50,000 bail and will be extradited uh, to Nevada to face the charges. (laughs) Snuck into the condos (laughs) to rub their feet. And finally, (laughs) the broken news. This is the craziest story. One of the craziest stories we've had this year. This will be on the uh, uh, all-time list here. An 87-year-old woman fought off a teenage intruder inside of her home uh, in Maine. This happened in, uh, where was this? Uh, somewhere in in Maine, and I Brunswick, Maine. There we go. Brunswick, Maine is the dateline uh, on this one. Eighty-seven years old. She woke up at two a.m. Marjorie Perkins is her name. She woke up at two a.m. Uh, to find a young man standing over her bed with a knife. Uh, he threatened to cut her. Uh, she she got up, put her shoes on. <laughs> Apparently, he waited while she put her shoes on and then fought back uh, using a chair as a weapon. (laughs) So, So this teenage intruder gave her a chance to put on her shoes, which was very nice. And then uh, she fought back using a chair as a weapon when the intruder, uh, a, a fight ensued when the intruder, the teenager grew tired of the fight. He decided to head to the kitchen. Uh, Ms. Perkins said he, uh, the intruder said he was awfully hungry and hadn't had anything to eat for quite a while. So I responded, well, here's a box of peanut butter and honey crackers. You can have that whole box. Then, <laughs> then I gave him two containers of Ensure and two tangerines. <laughs> because grandmas are all always feed you, right? I mean... If you ask, Grandma's going to feed you. While he was uh, while he was chowing down, she dialed nine one one on her rotary phone, no less. By the time police had arrived, the attacker had fled the home. He left. He got what he was coming for. He just wanted some food. Um, but he was tracked by a police dog, the Brunswick Police Department. I mean. <laughs> Because he had, you know, left his scent 
Uh, so the police dog was able to track him uh, to a nearby home where he was taken into custody. He has been charged with assault, uh, breaking and entering, and uh, also consuming alcohol as a minor. I had a feeling that maybe an intoxicating substance of some kind might be involved in this, but nonetheless... Goals. Marjorie Perkins, Brunswick, Maine, 87 years old for fighting off this this intruder and then feeding him besides. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh-huh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know how it seems like society today is always on the go. We're just, we can never slow down. In fact, we are so busy that according to a new poll, many of us uh, won't even get out of their car to go shopping uh, anymore. A new survey of 2,000 U.S. adults finds that Nearly half of Americans, 47%, would avoid going to a store, any store that did not have a drive through option. <laughs> if it doesn't have a drive through option, we're not going to shop there, period. Uh, twice as many people in the survey preferred the uh, drive through to actually entering a store on foot, physically entering a store. Uh, 28% prefer the drive through 14% uh, prefer to actually go in. Uh, One-third of those who prefer drive-thrus claim that they will always choose that option when it's available. 32% say that they would always choose that option. Um, The survey finds that people use the drive-thru for many reasons. Uh, 63% say when they're getting coffee, they always use the drive-thru. 60% say fast food, always use the drive-thru. At least three times a week. Uh, if not always, at least three times a week. Uh, some people, according to the survey, will even visit the drive-thru to take care of their pharmaceutical needs. 13% will do the drive-thru thing at the pharmacy. Um, 20% say that they will do their banking at the drive-thru at least once a week. And uh, unsurprisingly, people are most likely to show up at the drive-thru around mid-morning between... 8 a.m. and noon, 35%, the busiest time at the drive-thru. Um, 12.55 p.m., and this is useful because I know that the idea of going to the drive-thru is to save time, but it always seems to me, whenever I want to go to the drive-thru, especially like fast food or something, that I always end up sitting in a long line. 12.55 p.m., the average time that the wait uh, is the longest at the drive-thru. So 12.55 p.m. is the time to avoid going to the drive-thru uh, if you don't want to sit there and wait long. You know, because we're busy. We got things to do.
And now once again to finish up the week, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning, sweetheart. Hi. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, today we have uh, another theme. Uh, it is breakfast for dinner. Yes. So you could you could have oh. this stuff for breakfast, yes, sure, you but you could have it any time of the day because breakfast isn't just for breakfast anymore. That's right. <laughs> uh, so to start off, we have here a recipe for an easy sausage quiche. Yes. So, so. one nine-inch unbaked deep dish frozen, frozen pie crust, eight-ounce uh Breakfast sausage um, cooked, a half of a yellow onion chopped, two cups of shredded sharp cheddar cheese divided, one cup of half and half, six large eggs, one teaspoon of garlic salt, one teaspoon of freshly ground pepper, and a half a teaspoon of ground mustard. Now, real quickly, just to emphasize this, you mentioned cooked sausage, stuff that's either been cooked already right. Right. uh pre pre cooked or right. you cook it before because Correct. in the quiche it's not going to get done Correct. enough yes okay yes. so want to emphasize yep. that because we don't want to make anybody sick no here. and it's in here so pre- preheat the oven to 350 degrees fahrenheit place the pie shell on a cookie sheet set aside in a skillet over medium high heat cook the sausage until no peak remains add the onion and cook for a minute longer now again if you're using the pre-cooked sausage you don't have to right. do that Correct. right you but you, will, you still you want to brown you'll it still, uh, you'll still want to cook your onions though and, so you're better onions. off not doing with this recipe you're better off just getting your breakfast sausage just your, your bulk bre- breakfast okay. sausage all right yeah okay yep so cook for one minute longer drain excess fat from the pan spread half of the sausage mixture mixture into the pie shell sprinkle with half of the cheese top with the remaining sausage then in a medium-sized mixing bowl whisk together your half and half your eggs, your salt, your pepper, and your mustard. Pour evenly over your sausage and sprinkle with your remaining cheese. Place in the oven and bake for 45 to minute, 45 to 50 minutes or until the center is set uh, when gently uh, shaken. So um, you, you don't so want it. It's not going to jiggle. Yeah, you it's don't want like it to jiggle. Yeah, it's you don't like want jello. it to jiggle in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Let it rest for about 30 minutes and serve warm. Mm. Uh, the easy sausage quiche yes. uh, is our first dish. Now, uh, that's actually you know the the main course. That's your entire right. meal right, right there. So, uh, dessert recipe. Yes, uh, we have strawberry breakfast cookies. Yes, so two cups of rolled oats. Uh, you could do gluten free if needed. Uh, two large bananas mashed, half a cup of strawberries chopped, and or a fourth a cup of strawberries chopped, half a cup of butter, and a fourth cup of chocolate chips which is option optional but i would definitely put it in chocolate <laughs> chips um, preheat the oven to 350 degrees prepare a large cookie sheet with parchment paper or cooking spray set aside in a large mixing bowl combine all your ingredients except for the strawberries and the chocolate chips then after that's all combined fold in your strawberries and chocolate chips and then form 12 small balls of dough place each one of them on uh, on the line sheet press each each ball just a little bit to make it that cookie shape mm-hmm. because this is not a cookie that spreads okay okay so it's not going to flatten no and spread it's out not going to flatten its so okay bake for 20 minutes or until golden on the edges uh <laughs> removed so. from the oven and allowed to 
cool on the tray completely and then enjoy. So if you don't uh, put them into the shape of a cookie, what you'll be what you'll actually have is strawberry breakfast balls. Yes, there you go. <laughs> There you go. So you can try that if you want. You could try. But, uh, you might have to cook it a little bit longer. Good point. Yes. Uh, and then what is the, we say breakfast isn't just for breakfast anymore. Was the old slogan, orange juice, it's not just for breakfast anymore. Yes. Well, you have a, a recipe for orange Julius. Yes. If you've ever gone to the mall, if you can remember going to the mall for an orange Julius, mm, here you go. Love them. You can make it at home now. Yes. So a six ounce can of frozen orange juice concentrate, one and a half cups of milk, a quarter cup of sugar, two teaspoons of vanilla, and 12 ice cubes. Combine the first four ingredients in a blender, blend on high until smooth, add your ice cubes depending on the size. Um, start with eight to 10, mm-hmm. and then if you need more fine if not because you want it to be that that slushy yummy yeah yeah. milkshakey consistency Mm -hmm. uh blend again until the ice cubes are crushed and then drink um and uh the drink will be smooth and creamy and you can if you want you can can add like some vodka to it to make it an adult drink (laughs) if you want an adult orange (laughs) julius since it's in the evening Uh, why not sure since it's in the morning why not yeah uh so there you go uh it's a kind of a variation on the uh uh, morning mimosa that's right uh the recipe for the easy sausage quiche the strawberry breakfast cookies and the orange julius recipe are all posted at the uh, kairos kitchen facebook page at 1330 wfin on facebook and uh Again, we, we've always said if you uh, have a recipe that you would like to share, uh, we are always open to new recipes. So by all means, you can just, just try and make them s- simple. There's those yeah. easy ones that doesn't take that long, um, you know, because I mean, with moms and dads working, especially now, yeah. we get into back to school oh, time. Yeah. We're going to need the, easy yes, recipes. So easy maybe recipes. we'll make that our assignment for folks who uh, like the Facebook page, the yes. Kyrus Kitchen Facebook page. Your assignment for back to school is to post your favorite quick dinner recipe and we can uh, share those uh if you are looking for a recipe maybe that you would like to serve quickly yes um we'll get kyra's uh we'll get kyra on the case yeah uh all you have to do is uh post that request there on the kyra's kitchen facebook page as well plus uh any suggestions you have for previous recipes maybe make them uh a little better a little different you know what have you that's fine too it's very interactive very interactive Uh, at Kyra's Kitchen, WFIN, uh, on Facebook. And uh, my wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, it is the first thing that people notice about you your smile so if it isn't bright and sparkly you may be giving a less than impressive first impression we'll tell you what you can do about that so until monday morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out and make it a good day a great weekend we'll catch you back here next week